Shock the System. Welcome to Dank Discussions with me, Calican CEO Maynard Breslow. In each episode, you'll learn from the trailblazers, leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the ever-moving, ever-growing cannabis industry. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Dank Discussions. Today, we're joined by Martel Galladay. He's a three-time published author, marketing director of Bomba Canada Lifestyle Magazine, hemp and CBD industry broker, investor, marketing enthusiast. He's also the founder of Hashtag Hemp Company. It's the first Dallas CBD company to be on the Chamber of Congress, uh, Chamber of Commerce, and the co-founder of the new turnkey distribution company, Green Brothers. Thanks for joining us today, Martel. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. When you list the accolades like that, it makes it sound like I actually did something. Yeah, I know, right? It seems you got a lot of stuff going on over here. Yeah. How do you how do you find the time to stay uh, to stay on top of everything and live a life? The secret is I don't, and so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's usually what it is there for sure. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, sense of geography. Where are you located? Um, so I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, Greater Dallas Fort Worth area. I've been here for about. 25 years or so wow very cool yeah i used to live over there in dallas too oh did you uh, yeah over in um colleyville colleyville grapevine area okay yeah i'm over here in bishop arch just outside of downtown dallas so. awesome cool it's yeah. a great area i love dallas very much so cool. so cool tell me a little bit of what you have going on over there hashtag hemp um well hashtag hemp is a it's a boutique brand we conceptualized it with the premise that we wanted to delete the stigma uh a lot of people think there's only one stigma going on with, with uh seniors and trying to get them to get behind a product that they obviously need and love or would love in terms of cbd um but i'm finding that there's two or three different stigmas that surround it too you have the younger crowd that only smokes uh pot weed whatever you want to call it um and they feel that they don't need CBD. It's, it, it all comes back to a lack of education. And so the, the game plan was to put together a boutique style where you can bring your dog, you can bring your grandmother, you can bring your kids and um, be able to have that chic sopping experience and be comfortable enough to be in there and asking any and all questions that you want. Because um, if we put the customer first and we don't care about actually making a sale, um, we care about educating them. We find that the sales come anyway um, and the customers are far more happy. That's really cool. So uh, tell me a little bit more about that boutique style, because everybody has an idea of how, you know, how to bring people in, how to let them be comfortable, how to educate them. And, you know, it's not that one's better than the other, you know, and I love to hear, um, you know, different points of view and what you guys are doing over there in terms of that boutique style. Well, with the boutique style, it's it's more of a, um, I mean, in terms of the look, it's more of a shabby chic um, type of look to it. We don't, I tried to stay directly away from anything that resembled a head shop anything that resembled a smoke shop you know down here in dallas right now they're selling you know hemp and cbd out of uh gas stations and so it it makes it a not appealing place for you know grandma to come to if she's wanting to try cbd for the first time um especially in the area that i kind of operate in which is a, a more fluent area um she'd feel a lot more comfortable coming to a, a boutique that she was used to shopping for shoes at or you know that she was just shopping for throw pillows at and so by creating that environment you know with the mixture of some uh, antique style of uh, furniture and and, and uh, a clean aesthetic with a, just a all-white med spa type of feel to it um, in addition to the fact that the samples are overwhelming when we get in here and we go above and beyond we'll deliver to your house if you need to um, it, you know it, it's it's 
that experience is really, I, I think, what people capture here the most. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, about the head chops, you know, and it just attracts a whole different kind of crowd, obviously, you know, and it gives a whole different connotation to it. If mm-hmm. you're it up in a, at a gas station as opposed to, you know, boutique store, people you know, you go in. Um, do you guys sell your own products, your own branding, or is it kind of uh, distributing other people's stuff? So that we do, I was um, very fervent in the fact that, well, I didn't start out in uh, retail. That wasn't my first goal. Um, I started out at the other industry, hanging out with the farmers and uh, manufacturers and just betting the back end of my supply line um, and building those relationships there. And so I ended up partnering with my manufacturer um, who was in Colorado. Uh, and it took me about three months to really uh, grease his diaper good so we can uh, kind of get a good working relationship. And then I came back to Texas and opened up. And so in doing so, I was able to secure um, a great price point, um, but also a really, really high quality product. And I just don't believe in carrying a lot of uh, different styles of products. If I have a, a tincture from uh, Green Lotus and I have a tincture from Global and I have a tincture from Mile High, um, who's to say what's what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what what product do you really stand behind if you have five of everything and everybody's there, you know? No, 100%. That's great. So um, you mentioned you know, coming in from the other side, from the grower side, you know, and I always find it fascinating how, you know, people actually break into the cannabis industry, you know, because there's, you know, obviously a lot of nuts and bolts, but everything's very nuanced and you can really focus in on one thing. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me about how you broke in, you know, with the growers, you know, into the industry itself, you know, how'd you learn the in and outs um, and get to where you are today? Um, I was actually, like I said, I just, <laughs> I just got into about a year ago, man, honestly. Um, I moved super, super quick when it comes to stuff, but how I got into it was a buddy of mine from high school. Um, I started my first marketing company last year, so I started a, a digital marketing agency, um, and he was one of my, probably my fifth or sixth client. Um, he was getting ready to open a CBD shop. At that point in time, I still thought CBD was a placebo. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I remember being at his shop one night and I took a water soluble. It's like a 500, something like, and uh, my ADHD is, just, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. They, I flunked that test so bad when I went to the doctor, it was unbelievable. Um, and so I took that and my thought process slowed down to like three or four thoughts when it's usually like 19 or 20 thoughts. And um, it just, it changed my life. So I, I dropped everything right then, uh, folded my company and decided to take a different direction. Um, I wanted to essentially be one of the top marketing and consulting companies inside of the uh, the niche because you could actually do that right now. And um, in doing so, you always have to have a great supply chain. Um, I luckily reached out and had more than enough people in the space uh, in, in really big areas of the space, including my friend who is, has a farm out there in uh, Humboldt. And so he was already kind of uh, in the space as well. And it was just really easy to start using some of my investing connections that I had been with the whole year before um, and kind of barter those and make the right contact points. I, I tend to get into stuff before uh, <laughs> before I really know what I'm doing, but nobody can tell. And then I catch up real quick and then they're like, oh, this guy really knows what he's doing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of the great entrepreneurs, you know, they, there's a saying, you know, jump out of the plane and build the, uh, the pressure on the way down, you know, and um, so <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of that thing, you know, you learn, you learn about things by doing, you know, we can sit here and uh, talk about theory and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, hypothesis, everything, but until you get in there and you really see the industry at work, you, you're working and learning, 
Um, I think that's, that's totally the best way to learn. Definitely. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. That's so cool. So, I mean, uh, you know, you talk about ADHD, I also have ADHD and that's, uh, you know, also my into the, to the industry and seeing how much has helped me as well. So, tell okay. me, you know, can you touch on that a little bit too, as well? Like, you know, how do you, was that your goal? You said you like dropped everything. Like you're like, well, this is placebo, this doesn't work. And then you try to like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then you just yeah. like, completely shit, you know, shifted your whole, you know, shifted gears and went a whole nother direction. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I kind of do that uh, often in life. You know, you know how it is with ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's exactly, you know, that, I think that's part of the, that's part of the, comes with the trade, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. And so when you, you get shiny, a, when you, when you get hair in your butt, it's like, hey, you got to go, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is like a bigger hair than normal. This one was like, a, you know, absurd size. And I was like, wow, um, I got to figure out how to take my skill set, my talent, and, uh, and transition it because it's like going into a space where it's absolutely wide open, you know? Um, and so with the, with the ADHD aspect of it, it was really just trying to find my dosage or not learning that I had to find my dosage and then finding my dosage afterwards. Um, you know, I had about a month point where, uh, I was taking just like, I kind of topped off and leveled off cause I didn't realize how much CBD we're actually supposed to take. Like what we sell in these bottles right now, these, and some people, you know, 15 milliliters, you know, or, uh, 15 milligrams of dosage, 30 milligrams of dosage. Um, that's weak sauce. Like scientific studies don't even start um, until it's like 60 or 70 milligrams. And that's giving babies that dose. You know, um, I've seen studies where they've given people that are going to speak on stage 1200 milligrams in a single shot. Um, and so, you know, when my research started leading me there and I found out exactly that people with ADHD need to take a little bit more CBD, um, that's when I really, really just dove in super deep because I'm like, if I didn't, you know, if nobody knows that is common information, what do other people not know? That was right around the time that uh, Isolate started to um, <laughs> windle off and people were finding out that Full Spectrum was awesome when before there's like, oh, Isolate's great. Um, and so it's just the, the research to me was just so intriguing um, that it was really easy just to take a couple months off and, uh, and just go out into Colorado, go out to Oregon and um, just, you know, meet some people and network and humble myself and listen to what some people that are way smarter than me have to say. Um, and then come back and, and, and apply that information. And so it's, it's, it's up with the ADHD a lot. It's helped me to, you know, serve people the right way, point them in the right direction for product, which I think they appreciate. It was very cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I also suffer so, from uh, shiny object syndrome and wanted to change. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Squirrel. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> You know, I think, uh, you know, passion comes into play a lot for me anyways to keep me grounded and uh, keep me focused a lot of times, you know. So what, what, do you, what are you passionate about within the industry that, you know, kind of keeps you grounded and focused and keeping us, you know, keeping you on the path for longer than, you know, a few months at a time? Well, my overall, um, I've been in a couple of different coalitions since I've gotten into this thing that hadn't really panned out. But, but the reason I got into these coalitions or these partnerships or limited partnerships has been because we all have that the same vision. And I think mine's it's the only one that's really just like on set, um, which is I, I want more than anything for us to be able to open up the testing on these 113 cannabinoids under 11, how many we got. Um, I feel like in just the limited amount that we've been able to test, we've already pretty much essentially found the cure for most, uh, for uh, epilepsy. We haven't, I mean, you can't say that, you know, but mm -hmm. they, they've got it locked down, you know, pretty well. Um, epilepsy, they've got, um, 
a few diseases locked down pretty well. And that's with very limited testing. I personally believe, and this is just my opinion, and I'm probably sound crazy, but I personally believe that the cure for most known diseases to man lay in that other 90, 80 cannabinoids that have not been tested yet. Um, and so my, my direct passion is, is making sure that I'm in a position to open up the eyes um, of the people that call the shots on who's testing what and who's doing what. Uh, I want to have a part in that. Um, I want to have a part in them knowing, hey, this is what needs to happen. This is for the good of mankind. Um, obviously, I think we all share the same thing that we had big pharma. Um, and that, yep. that's the thing for sure. Uh, big, I'm not going to go into my whole big farmer bit right now, um, but that's a thing. And then I'd say lastly, I mean, I, I just feel like we as humans have an affinity to this plant. I mean, obviously we produce, you know, uh, cannabinoids ourselves, not the same exact type, but you know, it's gasoline, it's unleaded versus, uh, versus diesel, you know, but, um, I think we have a connection with this plant and it's our right as humans, whether what we want to do with it. And I'll push to the end of, end of days for that. No, that's great. I think, you know, so many people are, you know, that's what pushes a lot of people is, you know, wanting to make a real change, you know, um, because in the long term, you know, the, the reason why we're able to do what we're able to do is because of people who have helped push, you know, for the last 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. it. And uh, now for us to be able to jump on and link hands and move forward, um, you know, and, and like you said, you know, fight that fight, you know, big pharma, you know, same thing, you know, I can get into it as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, especially, you know, with the ADHD thing and growing up with that and having to, you know, take medication from a young age, um, you know, and seeing the benefits here and the benefits in all kinds of different, um, you know, illnesses, everything. I'm, so, I'm interested. When did you get diagnosed? I was diagnosed actually when I was six years old. Wow. Yeah. So I, you know, I was a Ritalin baby. I was on Ritalin some, from that time on, you know, um, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, you know, and, and um, you know, when I was in high school, you know, people, you know, they would call it self-medicating, you know, because I didn't want to take the Adderall anymore mm -hmm. because of the, the side effects that were going on, um, you know, and I would see, you know, I was always, you know, straight A student and all that stuff. And uh, my focus would definitely drop, but, uh, but it was, for me, it was worth it to not have those side effects going on all the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, now I think the, the, the thinking has shifted, um, you know, about, you know, like you said, CBD, cannabinoids and, um, you know, THC in general. So do you still, do you still medicate? I'm sorry to take the question line here, but it's just very interesting to me. Uh, I was diagnosed at like 31, uh -huh. uh, which is a total opposite in the spectrum. Um, and I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Do you, so do you still, uh, take medicine now or do you, are you all CBD, THC? I, I do from time to time, you know, as, as needed, you know, it's okay. not something that, that so much as before, you know, before it was part of my regimen, you know, every day, um, you know, my, my daily milligrams of, uh, of Adderall, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I like those kind of, um, those medications at least as opposed to the time released ones, because then at least yeah. I could know when, you know, okay, I have, you know, I have this, I'm starting my day. I know I have to be focused for this and this and this, whatever. Um, so I'm going to take it now and then it's not, and then it'll be worn off by the time I can go home and chill and eat yeah. and relax and go to sleep um, as opposed to the time release ones that are really in your system all the time. Uh -huh. um, and they make it really hard to sleep for me. Um, you know, all kinds of different side effects, you know, nightmares, all kind, you know, so. Um, I got something you really need to try, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. No, it's amazing. And that's what we share. You know, that's what I've noticed is, you know, in the, doing this podcast and meeting people and there's, 
there's so many different levels that we share with other people, especially in the space mm-hmm. and, and in humanity as a whole, obviously. But to really sit down and to delve into deeper concepts, um, you know. Uh, you it's know. important, you know, it's what yeah. makes the world turn, you know. 100%, 100%. No, I love it. So, so tell me, so what's the biggest obstacle that you face so far with your business, um, you know, and how, how have you been able to overcome it? Um, honestly, man, uh, the biggest obstacle I've faced is opening the damn retail shop. Like it's funny because most people right now, they go through the exact same process whenever they're going to open up their store. Um, people are just not hearing about hemp. If they have any type of entrepreneurial mindset, um, and they like CBD, they start, the synapses start popping and they start trying to figure out how can I get some money? Um, their immediate action goes to let me get a store or let me get an online store. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get into that and that's when they start figuring out, okay, well I was paying $30 a bottle to a distributor. I got to get past this guy. And about six months later, they find a guy that they can pay 22 and then a guy that they pay 17. It's been a, you know, a year or better trying to just figure out who's actually the person and they still haven't gotten close to him yet. Um, myself, like I said, it was, it was the opposite. And so I was watching, you know, friends, family, uh, people I was consulting, uh, going through that path as I was traveling back. It's almost like a Benjamin Button type of thing. <laughs> and so when I was traveling back, um, I came home and I'm like, okay, well, I, can, I need a couple of stores just for assets, you know, a um, couple of stores running on uh, autopilot, um, allow me to do the stuff I really want to do inside the uh, industrial hemp industry. Um, and so I opened up retail shop. Now, I've never been in retail before. I've been in Every type of uh, sales that there is, I've been, I've done just about everything, um, but I've never been in retail before. It wasn't even a thing of mine and stuff just naturally comes easy to me, you know, and this did not. So I got smacked in the face pretty hard the first month. I was, uh, I mean, I had to basically almost close my doors the first month, man, which is unbelievable because, um, you know, compared to the, my company I opened last year, which did like a hundred thousand in six months. This is like the complete opposite. So it was mostly because of the type of marketing um, that you are not allowed to do. Um, mm-hmm. which was my, my bread and butter, uh, building out funnels, uh, mm-hmm. online marketing. And um, since that was taken away in the space, I had to go back to a, a version of marketing that I never uh, had toyed with or experimented with and, and get my feet around that in order to save my business. No, yeah, definitely. That's, you know, the restrictions obviously on, you can't just like, you know, turn on ads and, you know, increase traffic and, you know, bring people to your funnel. Obviously, you know, that would, uh, yeah. <laughs> that'll come someday, you know, but at this point it's, uh, so, so what are you, so what are you using now then to, in order to increase traffic and to bring awareness? Um, I found a, uh, I found a good niche or a good sweet spot there in, in direct marketing. Um, I always consider myself doing direct marketing, but, um, Direct marketing as far as direct to customer, um, skipping the online, man, obviously you can grow organically and that you have to grow organically uh, online, but um, it's a slow process. It's not an overnight thing. And so I find a mixture of mixing that organic growth with um, some actually in your face, you know, old school flyers on windows mm-hmm. uh, and linking up with local businesses, um, especially if you're in a progressive area. Uh, there's a bunch of local businesses here that that I uh, pair with that make body butters or they might, um, you know, have uh, I got a restaurant across the street that we do a uh, going to be doing a drink here next week um, at one of their poetry nights. And so it was just, you know, getting outside these events, making sure that my brand is known 
and uh, giving people a quality product so that whenever they see me at these events, if they buy a product, when they run out, they're coming looking for me. They're not just going to the next Joe Blow um, that, you know, happens to have some CBD on the stand. They, they need to find me because they need to get that product. And so um, I think standing out product-wise has been big, but the biggest thing has just been like getting out there and getting out of the boutique to go to the people in order to bring them here. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you can have a great boutique if no one knows about you and uh, then you're wondering, you know, what's going on. So, um, so what makes you, what makes hashtag memorable then against other boutiques, competitors, um, things like that? Well, the brand is sick, man. Like I, I, I like I, I know, uh, I don't know. I've always prided myself on knowing what looks good, you know? Um, and it's, when I opened my creative marketing company last year, I had zero experience. I hadn't even owned a laptop in like 10 years, you know, but because of me just being so acquainted with, um, well connected with people in general, uh, the prior 10 years I was going door to door doing sales of, uh, medical alert pendants for old ladies, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to sell CBD and it came time to, uh, to, to market and market myself, it just came really naturally. I think the, the brand kind of stands out among, um, uh, among the competition, um, which is definitely a good thing to have. I think, you know, obviously the fact that I'm a minority um, is, in the, especially in the location that I'm at, is interesting. Um, it's intriguing to a lot of folks um, that want to come in and, and just kind of, you know, because I think less than 10% of the industry um, is is minority that own any type of brick and mortar locations. Um, and so I, I think that and then having a story to tell is, is a big thing as well, too. Um, and so you know, just kind of branding myself as I brand the company, honestly. I mean, um, it, it's been really, really big. Uh, everything looks good aesthetically. And so we, we pride ourselves on that, the swag, the whole nine. But, um, you know, branding yourself as you can brand your company, I think is a, is a big thing. If you have the personality to carry it, if you don't, then just brand your company, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you do, then, you know, by all means, you can definitely make a lot more leeway there if you have something to bring to the table in terms of knowledge or education or, or some hilarity or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, and that, that's great that you touched on that, you know, minorities in the industry, you know, I'm also a minority in the industry. Um, so I definitely think, you know, it's uh, need more representation as well, you know, definitely. And um, you use the word intrigue, you know, I think, we, I think uh, there's a different, different aspect that we bring, um, mm-hmm. you know, different, different way of looking at things. So uh, appreciate that you, that you bring that up. Are you yeah. doing so much over here? You know, you're talking about the distribution company, Green Brothers. Can you talk about that as well? Yeah. So Green Brothers kind of came about um, one of those coalitions I told you about. I was in before those limited partnerships um, was actually a uh, probably the best brand that I've ever been a part of making. I, I did brand development for a while and it's literally the best brand I've been involved in making in, in a long, long time. And I, got caught slipping with a friend of mine and he uh, pulled the rug out from under me uh, and ended up pinching me for my brand. And so I was just like, it, it threw me for a loop because it was just the concept would just blow your mind. Um, and so Green Brothers was, I've always wanted to do the distribution side of it. You know, we've always been doing the brokerage, but brokerage is kind of loosey goosey if you're not really well structured. Um, and most brokers are crap um, anyway. And so um, I, I wanted to, be able to broker in a controlled environment. I want to be able to take advantage of the due diligence and the work that I'd done with my manufacturer and the relationship that we have there in order to bring some uh, some good around. And then I also wanted to be at the forefront of speaking with the uh, people that, 
you know, hemp goes with a lot of different uh, occupations, you know, CBD goes with a lot of different occupations, like, um, you know, personal trainers have interest in, in having it, you know, uh, chiropractors have interest in having it, chefs have interest in having it, um, you know, it, it goes all the way up and all the way down. And so I want to be definitely at the forefront of that space where people are transitioning or are curious about it because I love people that are ready to learn. Um, and when people are that curious, it's just, it's a really easy thing to get them super excited. And I want to be able to give them that product that allows them to cut out that year and a half of work that they're going to be trying to do <laughs> because, you know, it's like, oh, here's a, uh, here's a guy, he's got a cheaper price and this one's got a cheaper price and this one's got a fake COA. Um, and so it's like, I want to be, let people cut that out and just don't give them any BS, you know, no filler. Just, hey, you can come right to the manufacturer. You're fine and dandy. Let me show you how to do it. And we'll make it a turnkey solution. I'll consult you. We'll help you to build your brand up. We'll give you the proper price point, And we'll work with you over a long period of time. Well, that's really cool, too. Um, you know, a lot of people would be interested in that as well. So what can we expect from Hashtag Hemp, Green Brothers, Martell? What can we expect from all these in the future? Um, well, from Hashtag Hemp, like I said, we are working on right now just uh, – studying the ship so we can get this proof of concept for our second and third locations. We are um, eyeing our second location now. Um, it's probably going to be another month or two before we're getting there, if I'm being honest, but uh, got a baby on the way. And so I, uh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and so obviously for hashtag camp, it's just going to be kind of going and getting to that first three stores. Once you have that proof of concept, we're going to be opening up affiliate opportunities and franchise opportunities. Uh, we've already got a bunch of people that are interested just based on the brand aesthetic, but I, I prefer to not do anything until I know exactly what it is I need to do to duplicate it. Um, and so that's uh, on hashtag Kemp's front on Green Brothers Distribution's front. Um, we're going to be jumping in a bunch of different spaces right now. We got our back and supply line uh, locked. And so we, um, Right now, we're just kind of figuring out where our channels are um, locally as well as nationally um, and brushing up on a little bit of the legalities and, and, and some other things uh, as far as compliance goes moving forward. I, I've heard some rumors, to say the least, uh, from a lobbyist group that I deal with, uh, some uh, legislation change that could be affected in a few states. And so right now, we're just trying to build out. We'll have the website up, I think, and next week we'll have uh, – all my social will be up in the next week as well, too. Um, and it all be, uh, what, what is it, green di greendistributors.com. Um, but once we have that rolling, since our infrastructure is all there, we are we are ready to go. We're actually shipping out our first order for Green Brothers today um, to our first customer. So we're excited about that. Wow, that's great. And what about for Martell? I know you're talking about industrial hemp and, you know, got a baby on the way. So, man, I got to keep something to myself. <laughs> You know, I, I just, I'll say this, that there's um, a lot of, when everybody's thinking about doing one thing and they're just now getting onto it, like everybody's like, oh, I got to get a shop or whatever, you know, they're probably a second step now because they've been around for a little bit. But, uh, you know, this all started for me because I'm planning for step eight, you know, and step eight is way down the road. You know, they just came out with like a, a gasoline that you can drink and put in your car that's made out of hemp, you know? Um, and so there, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, hemp's going to change this planet. You know, it, yeah. it, it's going to don't just get in the space and, and stay in the space in, in one little spot. Don't just get your store and sit in that store um, because it's going to be the people that are well connected inside of hemp um, that are going to be able to pivot 
because next year when FDA says, hey, everything's good on food and drink, and Walmart's got their whole line, Target's got their whole <laughs> line, uh, you know, Starbucks has every coffee has CBD inside of it, uh, KFC's got chicken with CBD, like, these little mom and pop shops out here, man, are going to be, like, unfortunately, consumers are going to roll right back to what they do, mm-hmm. which you know, um, going for the big brands, going for big farmers esque type of uh, type of feels, and you know they're going to be taking out a lot of these little guys, and they, they need to be ready to pivot, man. And uh, I'm well prepared to pivot. No, definitely, I've talked about that. You know, with, with a few of our guests already, you know how how once it does hit, you know, then the big brands come in, you know, and then it's just a matter of you know where you're trying to compete against these big brands, you know, and then you know uh, capital and all that stuff comes into play. So there's a lot of ways to protect ourselves, definitely. Like mm-hmm. you said, having having a huge network, having you know a big portfolio, so to speak, and uh, you know obviously it all comes down to us, you know, being who we are. Like you said, personal branding and being something that's bigger than than our products, or our stores, and that kind of stuff. You know, being able to withstand uh, the shifts in the market that are definitely uh, bound to come. Yeah. So very good. So you know, obviously, you're incredible speaking to you, incredible entrepreneur, incredible mind. You know, and I always, I always need to hear from every entrepreneur that I meet, what do you define as success and what's success look like for you? Uh, success for me, man, is, success for me is being able to buy my time, being able to afford my time. Um, you know, right now, you know, I'm working as hard as I could possibly work, you know, and, and I've been working like that for probably 10 years or better but um this isn't something i'm really really passionate about but the whole goal is always to be able to purchase your time back right um i mean i got a kid on the way you know i'm not gonna get deep in it but my dad was dog crap you know <laughs> so like he wasn't ever anywhere to be found um but he worked really really hard and i could appreciate that that's where i got my work ethic from but i i still had a, a slot in my heart that was raw because like hey i played you know, three years of varsity basketball, you never came to a game, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I don't want to be that entrepreneur, entrepreneur that's, that's stuck. Um, I, I think that's the difference between an entrepreneur and a businessman. You know, if you look at a, if you look at a businessman, um, I'm talking about the old school 1950s definition, you know, uh, they're, <laughs> they're Wall Street, you know, they, they might work to two every day and they're going to knock off and, you know, do what they're going to go do. Whereas the entrepreneur is generally, you know, stuck there, he's doing his own payroll, he's doing this and that, and he's pulling his hair out of the strings um, in addition to any other businesses he's got going. Uh-huh. So um, I think owning my own time, um, owning my own schedule, uh, is, is, it's important to me. Um, no matter how much money comes with that, I don't, you know, money is a byproduct. Uh, if I own all my own time and I don't have to do anything, anywhere in particular, then I guarantee I'm probably making a good amount of cash. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what it is for me, man. That's great. No, definitely time, you know, valuing your time and, you know, being able to control your time, definitely a huge, amazing thing that we're all looking to get. Um, so great. So is there anything else you'd like to share about hashtag hemp green brothers, yourself that we haven't already covered um so the e-com store for hashtag hemp i guess i can go ahead and shameless plug myself yeah please um, <laughs> the, uh, that's what we're here to do <laughs> right the, the e-com uh site for hashtag hemp we just redid it'll be up here in the next couple of days it's hashtag hempco.com um you can catch me at instagram just give me a shout you know whatever we can chop it up if you want to get into the industry Oops. 
headphones came out. That's real cool. Um, if you want to get into the industry, or you're, you're looking for uh, a proper distributor. I'm always a fan of growing with somebody as opposed to coming in on an uneven relationship. And so um, you can hit me up through hashtag hemp. You can hit me at Martell at hashtag hemp co.com. That's two L's on Martell. Um, as far as the email goes, you can hit me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm not hard to find. Just look for the big green uh, teardrop with the, with the pot leaf in it. <laughs> we're we're going to be right there in that space. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking to bring on some, some people that are looking to get in the space, man. And uh, that's about the size of it, man, for sure. Martel, amazing, amazing speaking to you. You know, I really appreciate you sharing your time, your valuable time with us. Um, and thanks again for jumping the call with us. So uh, good luck for the rest of 2019 and beyond. Hey, you too, man. I appreciate you having me on for sure. Thank you so much, Martel. Have a good one. Thank you. We at Calican are passionate about cannabis marketing, branding, and web design. If you're a cannabis entrepreneur and you know you need an uptake in business or an upgrade in the way your customers perceive you, come check us out at calican.com and schedule a time to speak with us. Plans start at $248. Thanks for listening in to Dank Discussions, and we are so grateful for each and every one of you. We want to continue making dank content you want, so give us some feedback about the topics you want covered. Feel free to reach out to us at grow at calacan.com. That's C-A-L-A-C-A-N-N.com. And follow us on Instagram for our latest updates.